semester for a little late. Well, he's still so three months. All right. Good morning. It's good to see you. It's fine. Laughter is encouraged. It's fine. I love that it takes a long time to start. That's good. So, real quick, um, before we... Actually, you can open your Bible to Acts 11. You have it or get your some device thing you have to read on. Uh, it's Acts 11 we're going to be in. Um, but real quick, just a couple things where the Holy Spirit or, or might have surprised you or shown you God's presence or you might have just been kind of overwhelmed with a blessing this week. Maybe just a few. I know for a lot of us, Lily and I especially, seeing uh, Jacob Townsend is, is such a good thing. We love you, man. I'm serious. I just... Ugh. Stand up here and like hug me during this whole thing. Let's just do that. I just like you. Ugh. Ugh. So good to see you. I mean it. I know there's not any better than that. So... Ian. <laughs> You can have second and third place on this if you really want to. No, I'm kidding. But go ahead. If there's, if there's anything where you might have noticed blessing this week, feel free to share. Yes. <laughs> strong, strong. Your dad is, is a serious blessing as well. You are right. <laughs> you are exactly right. <laughs> yeah. I know. That one, that one might have overtaken. Yeah, that's, that's fine. Getting to have my mom and grandmother here is really special. Right. Where are you? Where are you from? Where did you travel from? Livingston and College Station. Oh, nice. Yeah, we are glad to have you here. Thank you. Really. So. That's my son. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's seven. Anyone else? Brian's mom came in to watch this year. Boom. It was kind of awesome. Yes. Did y'all go out and about, or did you go sleep? We went out and about. Good. Yeah? Yeah. Good for you, man. I'm really glad. I'm sure your mom thought it was awesome also. Yeah. I'm sure she wasn't, it was a win, you know, win, win. taking it like a champ. She wouldn't take him on for the team or anything. I'm sure I mean, she loved seeing her. Kind of yeah. <laughs> One more. All six of us would say that. Yeah. Gladly. Gladly. Okay, let's turn to Acts 11. Let's get there. We'll copy down. All right, so last week, um, or last week was Father's Day. Week before, um, Drew talked through kind of the, the end of chapter 10, first of chapter 11. Does anyone remember kind of what took place, what the beginning of 11 was about here? Kind of a short recap. Anyone have that? Drew, you can give it, honestly, is okay. Since it was... It's not fair. <laughs> Someone else start. He'll help you. He'll fill in blanks for you if you want. Anyone? Oh, it's about, uh, like, circumcision. Yes. yes. <laughs> that was it. That was it. It's a medical lesson. There, all right, that's fine. All right, then, good. That's not what I heard on the... But that's cool. All right. So what about it? 
<laughs> you were stuck with it. You're like, oh, what? Right. Right. That's where the circumcision came. Right. So the church at the time, right, the the Jerusalem church, the Jews at the time were were really concerned that people were saying these Gentiles, especially a centurion, had received the Holy Spirit. Right. Are we we're on track here? Okay. So when Peter went back to talk to him, he recaps the story. Correct. And then how do they answer? How do they respond to that? Well, they respond well. They say, well, that sounds good. We suppose we can't argue that the Holy Spirit has come to these Gentiles, right? They say, well, fine. We, we don't have argument against that, I suppose. Right? So it's this beautiful jumping off point of right now, they, uh, Peter goes, again, he has this dream. It's this crazy or trance or whatever it is, a... Food blanket, isn't that what you said the other day? A food blanket comes from heaven, right? There's all these animals on it. It's this whole, I can't eat that because it's unclean. He says, no, if, if I say something is clean, don't make it common. Don't call it common, right? We have this argument. Um, Peter goes, speaks to the centurion and his family and a few people of his, of his closest friends, right? And they believe. He tells them about the Holy Spirit. They receive the Holy Spirit, and it's, it's beautiful, and so he stays with them a while teaching, enjoying their company, they enjoy each other. Then when he goes back, the church is like, whoa, what is happening here? We have heard some concerning things, right? Peter explains, they love it. They're fine with it. Everything's great, right? To kind of the surprise of all of us, which is funny. It tells you how far we've come since then, but to the surprise. So... Let's go into reading kind of how that expands itself out and kind of what that looks like as that news travels from there, okay? So let's start in verse 19. Now those who were scattered because of the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except Jews. But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who on coming to Antioch, Spoke to the Hellenists also. Who are Hellenists? Greeks. Greeks, right. So those are just secular, Greek. Well, actually, not very secular at all. Extremely, probably extremely religious because they're Greek. But it's this normal Greek Antioch community, right? Normal folks. The Austinites of Antioch, right? Oh, that's funny. <laughs> also preaching to the Lord, about the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number who believed turned to the Lord. The report of this came to the ears of the church of Jerusalem, so they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he came, he saw the grace of God, and he was glad. And he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose, for he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And a great many people were added to the Lord. So Barnabas went up to Tarsus to look for Saul. When he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. And for a whole year, they met with the church and taught a great many people. And in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. So, again, let's recap the story a little bit. And we'll stop a few places and discuss. So, in this, in this scattering, because of persecution, right, the church, these believers just go everywhere. 
And as they do, they go where they're comfortable, right? Their culture has always been to spend time around Jews, right? That's, that's not necessarily them withholding something from other people. That's just all they know. They know that they are unclean if they go to their places. They should worship in whatever tabernacle is there or a makeshift temple, makeshift tabernacle in whatever town they're in as Jews are scattered about the world anyway at this point. And so as they go, they find Jewish communities and they start talking to them about Jesus. And they start trying to start these gatherings and they plant churches and they do these beautiful things with the Jews around them, right? Which is great. And I don't think we should look at that negatively because that's what they know. That's, that's all they know. Their entire life has been fit into this one culture, this one box. That's how they identify. That's how they worship. That's how they eat. It's distinctive in every way. Remember, that's they wash their hands like Jewish people, right? They tell stories like Jewish people. Their dinners are in an order like other Jewish cultured people. As they sing songs, they know the same songs. They know the same cultural stories. They know everything that's the same and makes them identify with each other and makes them comfortable. And that's not bad. Okay, It's not bad. It's the way the church went all over the world. So that's a great and beautiful thing. We, we have to remember that. It's okay that that's what was happening. But... A few people, as they went close to Antioch, decided, you know what else? I think as I go about and I buy food at the market, maybe I should also talk about this way there, right? Maybe after I leave my tabernacle community and I leave these Jews that I share all this common ground with and all of this commonality, maybe I should just kind of take a chance that these other folks are nice enough. Maybe my kids should get to play with them. Maybe. Maybe their ways are so different, but maybe they still love their children and they still teach them good things, so maybe my kid can play there, and I can develop a friendship there, right? Maybe as I'm going, I can know my neighbors really, and not just be that neighbor that only hangs out with people like them, but maybe I'll spend time with them and start to share Jesus. And as they do, what happens? An answer, sorry, not a, not a rhetorical. What happens as they start to do that? They, be, they begin to believe. And what happens as they believe? Do we know? What do they do? It says a great number of them who believed did what? A great number of them who believed turned to the Lord. What does this phrase mean? What is it trying to say here? A great many of them who believed turned to the Lord. Why would this phrase be in there? Why is it not enough for them to say a great number of them believed? Why is it important, that next short phrase? Why is that distinctive? Anybody? Guesses are okay. Probably not going to be wrong. I'll make it so that it's right in the conversation. It becomes an action. It becomes a what? It's an action. You're turning. Yes. It's not just a system in their subconscious, right? It becomes how they act. What else? That's exactly right. What else? The Greeks also believe in a pantheon of gods, so you can believe in this God, Jesus, that he's a God, but that doesn't mean that you're going to follow his way. No, you can pray to him as well, right? 
You can pray to the Jewish God as well. Just like you pray to every other God on the street because it's a multicultural environment and they were overly accepting. That's how that culture, that's how Greek and Roman culture survived so long as they let people do their thing. And they said, we'll let you worship your God and you know what? We'll worship him as well. We will also pray your prayer to your God. That sounds great. We believe as well, right? Yes. Now pay taxes to us, <laughs> which Jesus said, sure, pay them taxes, right? So, so we have this, and they didn't just believe like they did all the other gods, but they turned to him. What else? Someone else was over here was going to say something. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, the act of turning assumes that you're going to do something else in the first place. Yes. Reorienting your life. That's a great way to say that, actually. I like that. So this idea of these people heard, they believed, they said, yes, that sounds good. That does something within me. I'm going to reorient the course of my life, and it's going to now guide my actions, and it's not just going to be in the pantheon of my beliefs, right? I love it. And that's what these Christians do, these people do, these Hellenists, these Greeks. So the Jews hear about this, and what's their response? What do they do? Sorry, this one's really interactive today, but we'll get to where it's not, sorry. They send one of the best leaders, they say, hey, please go check on this. Make sure this is going okay. And here's, here's what's, what's wonderful and interesting and where I think we're going to find a lot of commonality with the Jerusalem church that we may not like that we have commonality with, okay? We all have this image in our mind, and they had one here, at who a Christian is, Right? What a Christian does. Who a Christian spends time with, right? We all do. We may not like it. Usually, we don't think we have that view in our head until it shows itself in an ugly way, right? To where you find yourself judgmental towards someone, or you say, really? That's a Christian there? Right? Or, some of us, we grew up in places where we, we hated that, right? And we didn't like that. And so we rebelled against that. And then now we do it the other way. We do it the other way. Some of us, and I know you and love you, and I know me and love me, so I'm saying it as an us, we say, oh, those staunchly conservative, judgmental people, they must not be Christians because they are judgmental and staunchly this, and they don't use the language to talk about belief that I do. And they may have voted a certain way. Back and forth, both ways, both ways. And we say this because a Christian usually looks like us. Let's be honest. Christian needs to believe like us. Christian needs to have the same frustrations about the system that we do. Christian usually shares our politics in this country. A Christian usually raises their children this way, dresses this way, right? is pregnant at this time, sends their kids to this school, has fewer than this many issues that are glaring in their life, loves this person, ministers in this way, right? It's what we do. We do. We're the same. This has not changed in thousands of years. And so what they did is they said, those people are Christians? 
these Hellenists that think this way that is so different than us, so distinctly anti-Jewish. They can be Christians when our, Christ, when our Christ, sorry, our Christian, our Christ was super Jewish. They are not slightly Jewish. How can they be one of us, right? So what do they do? They send one of their best guys. They're like, okay, we have this guy Barnabas. He's really wise. Where, where have we heard about Barnabas so far? Anybody? What did he do like four months ago? Or he did it thousands of years ago. But <laughs> four months ago we read the story. Sorry. He brought like 30 like vouchers for Saul. Yes, exactly. Saul came and no one wanted to speak to him because he was killing everyone. And Barnabas is like, I'll take this chance. Let's try, right? It means we all get put in prison. I think it's worth it. I think this guy's really changed. Let's do this, right? And so he kind of goes to Saul and comes to the church and says, no, let's just let him come to dinner. Hear the man out, right? Hear him out. If we all go to prison, it's my fault, you know? <laughs> but let's, let's hear him out. They do that. So Barnabas has this representation, representation, Yes, reputation, thank you. I was like, representation? That is not correct English. What am I doing? So he has this reputation of being someone who's gracious, who's wise, right? Who thinks outside of himself, who thinks for the bigger community. And so they send him. And this is what it says happened when he got there. When he came and saw the grace of God, I love this, he was glad. If we could, for the love, have some part of Barnabas within us, when we see God doing things through people we didn't believe could be Christians, it makes us happy. Unfortunately, in us, it makes us either resent or we change the way we believe about is that God moving or not. Usually we say, well, that still might not have been God because no, no, I don't, I don't think so. My brain is going to collapse if that person could be a Christian. If God can move through that person, no, I, I, can't, I just can't live in a world where that would happen. That is too many of us. Barnabas, though, these people are so different from him, so distinctly Hellenist, so anti-Jewish in the way they live, not against Jews necessarily, but very against his culture. But when he saw that God's grace was with them, he saw them acting in the Holy Spirit. He saw them living in ways that were beautiful and gracious and extremely different than him. It made him glad. That is one of the most beautiful things that has been said about Barnabas. When he saw the Holy Spirit in people different than him, he loved it. Made him happy. He said, well, then I'll change what I think the Holy Spirit does with people. I won't say, no, you have to actually do something different. I'll change what I think. I'll let my mind be blown, and I'll run with it, and I will be happy, and I'll be excited, and I'll stay, and I'll become one with them, right? So he does. Um... He saw the grace of God, he was glad, and he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord and steadfast purpose. And listen to this, for he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. Now, again, back to life that we live even. We have here this hodgepodge of beliefs that yes, they would have worshipped, as Jacob said, they would have worshipped many gods before this, right? They probably would have been overly religious, overly accepting, overly diverse in their culture, right? 
They may not have, but they probably were. They probably also had extremely different morals than the rest of Jewish community, right? Very different, more than likely. It's fair to say. But when the grace of God fell on them, they turned and said, no, I want to turn towards something. I will reorient my life, and my actions will now display my love for, for grace, my love for this Jesus. As they do that, you now have this strange hodgepodge of people. You have some Jews, you have some Hellenists, you have people with wild backgrounds probably to the rest of the church. You have some very safe backgrounds. You have some older folks, you have young folks, you have this weird group of people that up until this time would not have spent time together. They just wouldn't have. They wouldn't have found commonality. They wouldn't have reached for it. They wouldn't have tried to. Again, what is the church doing all over the rest of the world? It's going to what it knows. It's going to people that look like them. It's going to people who act like them, who already believe in them, who they feel safe with. And here, it's just unsafe feeling. There's tension. It's strange. It's different. It's odd. And I just was reading this this week and just so happy to know all of you, really. Because we are so distinctly odd. (laughs) We are overly different. And it makes me so glad to be able to learn from you who are so different in what you expect from the church, in what the church has given you in the past, in your resentment for things that are great and resentment for things that I'm like, we resent that now, oh man, right? In the things that you give me grace on because the way I say them or how loud I say them or how sure of myself I say them when two months later I may not be sure of myself in it anymore because you're like, let me help you, (laughs) right? It makes me overly thankful for all of you. And it makes me think we can find commonality with Antioch. We can. From all of our backgrounds, from our strict Baptist backgrounds to our Episcopal backgrounds and our Catholic backgrounds, knowledge and our gracious Methodists we have with us and all of these different people from our people that have always ran from faith and now are giving it a chance from the people that ran from faith and said we're never coming back and are sort of you know like at arm's length giving it a chance this whole group of us this odd beautiful group of us and and I think we should be glad I think we should choose to learn from each other I think we should make an actual choice to say that, that as the Holy Spirit is leading each of us in these uniquely different ways, with this uniquely different past we all have, right? With the things we get mad about so different amongst us, right? From the things we grew up thinking were sins to the things that we grew up thinking were okay to the things we grew up thinking surely Christians don't do. We are all of those people. And we get to see it in each other. And we get to look at each other. And we get to think, yes, God's grace has come to these. God's grace came to that couple. And to this guy. And to that weird one standing up there. And it came to this kid a long time ago. And they rediscovered it recently. Or it's sort of coming to this person now. And it makes us glad, right? We have that in the midst of us. It's beautiful. And it is so very rare. And I just want us to be so, I want it to be weighty to us. And I want it to make us glad. I really do. Because this week it has made me so very glad. Overly.
And, and Barnabas is happy. It's a man full of grace and faith and all this stuff. And he tells the church, and they're like, okay, fine. I guess they can be Christians, right? Which I love. Like, we say okay to that. Like, it mattered if they said okay or not, you know. Like, God's grace is going to leave if they're like, no, just kidding, they can't be Christians. I love it. But as they continue, right, what happens? Let's keep reading. Barnabas, he went to look for Saul, which, again, I love about Barnabas. He says, you know who I need? I need this guy Saul. I need to teach him to teach. I need, I need him to be around this interesting group of people. I need him to be around these Hellenists. He's an ex-Pharisee. He knows the law. He knows all these things. He needs to come and teach here, right? So he goes and gets him, and for a whole year, they stay with this church, and they taught a great many people, and listen to this, and in Antioch, of all places, Antioch, where the Hellenists become believers, in Antioch, where there's Greeks and other foreigners and Jews, in Antioch, where people have worshipped all these different types of gods and are now choosing to reorient their life, in Antioch, they start calling people Christians. Of course they do. Of course this group of mishmash people, of course this diverse body is the one that gets to be called Christians. Of course it is. Of course it's not the homogenous one. Of course it's not the one who has it all together before they even came to the body, right? Of course it's the ones who are ridiculous of course it's the one they needed proof about. They were like, you got to go see if these are really Christians. I don't know about this, right? The ones who were different and broke the mold and were the first of its experiment, right? They get to be Christians. The world knows them for their actions. They say they must be like this Christ. They must be small representations of this Jesus, of the Christ. And they become Christians in Antioch how the world knew them. The first place they start calling people Christians is Antioch. He goes on to say, now in the days, in those days, prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch, and one of them was named Agabus, stood up and foretold by the Spirit that there would be a famine all over the world. And this even took, day, took place in the days of Claudius. So those disciples determined, everyone, according to his ability, to send relief to the brothers living in Judea. And they did so sending it to the elders by the hand of Barnabas and Saul. So it goes on to even tell them how, more, how much more beautiful they are. He said, these people, these Hellenists, the ones that this church in Judea, in Jerusalem, sent people to test and make sure they were really it, they were really in, right? They hear there's going to be a famine, and they hear their brothers in Jerusalem are going to suffer, and so they start doing whatever they can to send relief and to send food and to send money and to send help. And they did this, and they were the first to do this. They were the first to say, yes, we need to, we need to do something about that. Jesus would, would want us to give what we have for these people we've never met. We should give to them. We should send it. Please take this to these people that tested our Christianity in the past, right? Let's send to them. And again, this is a beautiful picture of what all these people do when they're together what they do when, when they say, I'm going to expand my mind as what a Christian can be. I'll take a better look and look at people's actions and I'll look at how they orient their life and I'll let that be my determination of if someone is a small representation of Christ. These were gracious. 
the mercy was wide with these people. It, it opened up this narrow grace that the world thought it could have from Jesus. And it said no to all that's available. And I, I really want us to orient our church around this also. We have to. We have to be people who say, this picture I have of who a Christian is, what if it's too small? What if it's even wrong? What if it's holding people from being a Christian? What if it's holding people from their faith? What if, what if this small, narrow view that really is just me, my personality, my views on things, my people I like, my brothers and sisters, what if that's not all that Christians are? What if, what if it's open to more than these? What if it's open to people of different beliefs that are exactly like mine? What if, what if they can even teach me something? What if I need them? What if my wife and our family need someone who we would have maybe thought, really, a Christian, okay, all right, let's go with that. What if, what if we need them to help us? What if they're going to teach us to start sending relief, <laughs> you know? What if they're going to really teach us this part of Jesus we never would have known because of our sameness? And I know that can be scary for us. I know in the back of some of our minds, we're like, oh, that's a slippery slope. Well, then let's just slide down the slope and crawl back up if we go too far. I mean, geez. I'm not even trying to be silly about it. I'm saying, really? What if we err on grace and then realize it and say, oh, well, we'll less error on grace. I mean, what? I don't know. That doesn't sound bad to me. You know, it doesn't. And we're all together. We'll take care, you know? Anyway, let's pray together. Um, but, but as we do, let's stand. Holly's going to come and lead us in communion. I just want to, I want to pray before we do though, actually. I want to pray before we go into communion. Lord, as we seek to be gracious people, Let being gracious not scare us. Let us searching wide for people who orient their lives towards you not make us afraid that we're throwing Jesus' name in the mud. And that wasn't a bad thing this Jewish church did. It wasn't bad that they sent someone to check. They just didn't know. They just wanted to explore it. Are these people really followers of the way? And when Barnabas saw that, yes, they were, in a different way than him, in a different method than his church, in a different look, with different colors, and with different backgrounds, he saw that, yes, they are, their lives are oriented towards this Jesus. He was glad. I pray we would be glad people to find that, yes, people not like us enjoy the way differently than us. And we can have oneness with them. We can have family with them. And we can be called each other, and we can be called Christians together. In Jesus' name.